you want to be what you've never been before, you're going to have to start doing things you've never done before. That principle is so true and general, it fits a whole bucket full of categories. You want to be an athlete? Start running. Take off the dress shoes and put on some gym shoes. You want to be a mature follower of Christ? You better take careful note about what we're talking about here. These are spiritual disciplines that the scriptures lay out for us. It help us get a spiritual workout in such a way that we are cooperating with the Spirit of God and being changed from the inside out. But today, we're taking off the gloves. Friends, today I'm going to talk about fasting. Everybody internally just went, give up lunch for Jesus is not what I'm talking about here today. But here we are in Matthew 6, jumping in at verse 16. We're talking about spiritual disciplines here. And spiritual disciplines can be divided into two groups. Two. The first group is disciplines of engagement. Things that we pick up and we start to do, like what we've talked about in the past few weeks here, is picking up the Bible in studying, reading for understanding, asking ourselves difficult questions about the text. What is the author saying? And what's he saying about what he's talking about here? And what does that have to do with my life here today, Sunday morning, city of Portage, Indiana? How then should we live in light of what we're doing? That's a discipline of engagement. You remember the second one we introduced was prayer. The simplicity of prayer is simply asking these questions. What are the priorities of God in my life and in this world? Those ought to be on my prayer list. How about the people in my life? And what does God want for them? I need to be praying. That is a discipline of engagement. I mean, there are a lot more here, friends, like worship and service and confession. But today we're looking at the second category, which is, uh, which is disciplines Well, of abstinence. Yeah, that's a charged word there. It simply means to not do something, right? Disciplines of abstinence. Yeah. Those certainly include, <laughs> you know, fasting, silence. You ever heard of that one? The discipline of silence? Yeah, wow. I mean, there are more, but we're going to talk about fasting here today. And these are, di- are dif- more difficult to learn. I mean, you can watch and hear somebody pray. You can watch somebody study the Bible. You stand, you know, you got this guy in front of you laying out the things he's learned throughout the week. 
But these, uh, these disciplines of abstinence are hard. It's, it's hard to learn from somebody who's not doing anything, you know? <laughs> I mean, that sounds silly, but it's true. How do you learn from somebody watching them be silent, you know? Can't ask them anything. <laughs> so we're going to see what the Word of God has to say here today about fasting. Abstinence. Hmm. So, friends, I confess right now that this is a tough one. And and I want to tell you this. Even now, if you're on the edge of your seat and you're saying, I need to do something new and different. I need to engage God in a new way. I want to tell you this is a tough one. I mean, yeah, it involves a whole lot of self-discipline. Are you enabled to tell yourself no? I mean, that's a big qualification there. But I want to tell you why it's so tough, because Christians, in a gluttonous, self-indulgent society, we may very well struggle to accept and begin the practice of fasting, because it is so radically in the face of every principle that this world throws at us. Go for the gusto. Have another one. Oh, it's so big and juicy, and mm, can't you just smell it? All of your senses are awakened for these things. I mean, we've developed this this word called hungry. You know, I guarantee there's probably nobody in this room that's ever known hunger. What you know is that regular time of the day when you're used to consuming food and your body prepares itself to ingest it. And digest it. And so you got all of these things going on, juices flowing, prepared for that food. And you say, oh, that must mean I'm hungry. Now, all it means is it's used to you eating at that time. But aren't we quick to obey that sensation? Oh, I got to eat. It's true. It's true. Fasting is going to be a tough one. I'm going to tell you, fasting has a whole lot more (laughs) than just not eating. We're going to talk about that here. And we're going to kick it off here, my friends, by, by taking a look at Matthew 6, 16 to 18, and, and learn some important principles about fasting. And these, again, go counter to our very nature. First principle here we're going to look at, and, and, and know this, a little context, you know. The Jewish scribal law, we're not talking about the scriptures here. We're talking about the rules and regs that the Pharisees put together to make themselves seem more spiritual, okay? But the, 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 the scribal law lays it down. On the Day of Atonement, it's, it's forbidden to eat or drink or bathe or anoint oneself or even wear sandals, or to indulge in conjugal intercourse. I mean, you know, they just laid out the rules, okay? I mean, the Bible has some very clear things. Bible instructed the Old Testament Jews to fast on one day of the year. It was the Day of Atonement. When, uh, you know, Tamra talked about uh, sacrifice today. That was one year when the high priest would go in and offer this sacrifice for the sins of the people. Now, we have a once-for-all sacrifice in Jesus. He died, paid the sins once for all. But for the nation of Israel, over and over and over again. But this was a day of fasting. Now, here in verse 16, we notice, And when you fast, Jesus says. Now, let's just take a moment and consider those words. 
Notice the word if is not in there. It's not. Take a look. <laughs> it's not there. It says when. I mean, the expectation is that there will be fasting in your life. Why? Because the expectation is, is that you want to grow. That you want to be changed, transformed with, from the inside out, being conformed to the image of Christ. More rep- reflecting his character and his priorities. But Jesus says, and when you fast, do, do not walk around all gloomy like the hypocrites. I mean, they disfigure their faces and their fasting that might be seen by others. They want everyone to know they're fasting because they're not so interested in what God thinks about them as much as they are what other people think about them. So principle number one is fasting, just like prayer, should be done in secret. Here's the problem. Everything inside of you, the moment you decide I'm going to fast, is to tell someone. Because just like the Pharisees, we've, since we were little kids, you know, we just, look at me, look what I can do, look what I'm trying. You know, that's the wrong goal though, my friends. You're looking at the wrong audience. Fasting must be done in secret, you know. But Jesus says, and truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Their reward is people going, huh, (laughs) not much of a reward. You know, maybe somebody pats you on the back and say, good girl, keep up the hard work. Is that really what you're targeting here? I hope not. Here in verse 17, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And notice principle number two. God rewards those who fast with the right heart for the right purpose. And your Father who sees in secret, Jesus says, will reward you. In other words, this is a profitable activity if you do it for the right reasons and with the right heart. So principles about fasting. But I think it's important that we not only lay down some important guardrails here, but we talk about some confusion about fasting. First of all, as much as it may sound like it, fasting is not self-punishment, okay? It's not a version of you paying for your sins. I'm just going to, you know, I had this problem when I was a kid, you know? Uh, As a new believer, I was really hotly tuned about sin in my relationship with God. Now I had a boatload of ignorance about stuff, and there's no doubt about that. But you know what? I remember one time, you know, sitting with a family, you know, and we're sitting at the table and the food is all out there. And I just went and and I ate something. I thought, I haven't even thanked God for that. And we ought to thank God. I'm a bad person. So I took my food and I put it back and I said, I'm not going to eat today because it, it was this sense of that I've somehow punished myself for my sin. Friends, if you've missed it, And that's pretty sad if you have. Christ has paid for our sins. 
None of these disciplines are about you paying the price for your sin because you've been naughty. This is about growing. There's sin that needs to be paid for. You need to confess that to God. But this is not about self-punishment. When the body is most disciplined, and discipline is a key word here, friends. It means training, training yourselves. When the body is most disciplined, the mental and spiritual faculties are at their most alert status. Getting rid of the toxins that we put in our body, you know, just cleansing that out. It's going to change some things the way you think, you know, because (laughs) this is a tricky one here. (laughs) I know this experientially. Let's leave it at that, you know. This past week, as I studied, I wanted to implement this. I've done this before, but it's not been a regular thing for me. So there's been a little rebuke in this for me as well, but I didn't skip dinner. So So it's not self-punishment, and it's not spiritual extra credit, okay? By doing this, thinking, well, you know, I really want something from God, and if I do this, he's got to do it. It's like the little kid who cleans the kitchen thinking, well, mom's going to buy him something special for Christmas (laughs) because they're such good little... It's not what this is about. It's not. Not self-punishment. It's not spiritual extra credit. You know, God knows you from the inside out. He also knows your future. He knows the work he's doing in your life. Don't try and impress God. Be who you are. Grow. And here's the third thing that, that, Nobody wants to hear about fasting. It's not a one-time thing. It's not, it's not a one-time. Go ahead. I tried that once. Well, it's like reading the Bible. I remember I read the Bible when I was, say, in second grade. You know, probably met somebody like that. Oh, you're a Christian? When I was four, my mama used to read me the Bible. Oh, that's fascinating. Have you read it lately? <laughs> you know? These are disciplines. Like, I'm going to go off for football. I'm going to go run today. That ought to help. (laughs) Well, my friends, daily, regular activity. Not necessarily daily, although there were people in the Bible who did it. Moses fasted before he received the, uh, the Ten Commandments for 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days. Now, that's some supernatural fasting. I'm not suggesting that. But if the Spirit of God says 40 days, you better do it. (laughs) You know, there's all kinds. Daniel, you know. How many of you have heard about the Daniel fast? That'll change your health as if that had anything to do with what Daniel was doing. Daniel changed his diet. He only ate fruit and vegetables. He was waiting to hear back from God, and he was preparing himself to hear it. Again, wasn't punishment, wasn't spiritual extra credit. It was about focus. It was about discipline. So fasting. Fasting is not a one-time thing. When a person chooses fasting as a spiritual discipline, they must then practice it well enough and often enough to become experienced in it Because only the person who is well habituated in the systemic or systematic fasting as a discipline can use it effectively. 
as times of prayer, service, waiting, mourning, all of these examples throughout the scriptures of why people fasted. David fasted when he was mourning for the sickness of his son, praying that God might intercede. Fasting is a great way to focus on one thing, one thing. And then this one that might surprise you, fasting includes prayer, but so should everything else we do. Fasting and prayer are like cousins in the Bible. They seem to show up a lot together, you know, but not always. It's not always about prayer, although prayer is something we ought to be doing regularly and constantly. Our focus in seeking God's will is grace, is mercy, and is forgiveness. Sometimes fasting includes things like silence when we have no words to say. The Spirit of God, who is the greatest translator of groanings you will ever see. My friends, you don't have to be able to communicate it for him to understand it. Well, let's define it. We've talked about some principles, the guide rails of fasting, cleared up some confusion maybe about fasting. Let's talk about what fasting actually is. Fasting. The New Testament word that is translated fasting literally means one who has not eaten. Clever. <laughs> There's a twist, huh? It's exactly what you thought. It, it literally means one who is empty. So, primarily in the scriptures, when it talks about fasting, it's talking about not eating. Suddenly, all your plans went to naught. I was going to give up social media for <laughs> Well, I suppose in one sense that, that, that kind of fits, but it's not the point. Social media is a distraction. It could be a tool, I suppose. That's the way I use it. But the issue here is fasting because it will impact you physically like nothing else, short of hitting your thumb with a hammer, I suppose. I don't know. It'll get your attention. So what is it? What is this fasting that we're talking about here? Well, my friends, let's continue on here. Fasting, this is a definition of Richard Foster. Fasting is a temporary renunciation of food in order to, no, don't miss this, intensify our expression of need for something greater, namely God and his work in our lives. It's the voluntary denial of normal function for the sake of, here it is, intense spiritual activity. Boy, let those words soak in. Intense spiritual activity. That's what we're talking about. When we talk about these disciplines, fasting. It's not a rejection of certain foods or the body, but a realignment of our attitude toward food and the body. J.I. Packer, 
says this, fasting is one way of telling God that your priority at the moment is to be alone with him, sorting out whatever is necessary. And you have canceled the meal, the party, the concert, whatever it else it may be to fulfill that priority. It puts God dead center. That's fasting. And what's the purpose? What are we trying to get out of this? So we do it. So we go a whole day without eating. What's the purpose of that? What does that do? Is that just one of those things that don't ask questions, just do it? No. 1 Peter 2 and verse 11, Peter writes, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners, people traveling in a foreign land, this world is not our home sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Self-denial, self-control, wage war, my friends. Don't eat because you have to. Eat because you choose to. Choose. All of it, my friends. Self-denial, self-control, it certainly is about that. Can you go a whole day without eating? I'm not talking about when you're vomiting. Everybody can do that. I'm talking about choosing it. I mean, that's the first question is, is I'm, am I able and am I willing? Now, some of you ought not. If, you know, if you have some medical issues, go have a donut. I, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is, 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 you know, know this. If this is dangerous to you physically, if your doctor would say, what are you doing? What are you, crazy? Don't do this, okay? Don't do this. You know, but that's, that's the question. Can you, that, that is, it's, it's just the step in. Can I just stop eating for one day? I'm not talking about dieting. Some of you are thinking, oh, how much I could lose if I do that? That's not what we're talking about here, friends. It's not what we're talking about. The second aspect of fasting is learning contentment. Learning contentment. Can I be okay in this world if I don't have to have another Twinkie? I hope you're not eating Twinkies, friends. Pop tarts. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we, we introduced this verse a couple of weeks ago in Proverbs 30, verses 7 to 9. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. And then give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full. And deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Finding that balance of what is needful, what is healthy, what is right. You ever think that in the summertime your car might run better on cooking oil than gasoline? How about water? Like the pure stuff. I mean, that's got to be healthy, right? If your car is going to run right, you got to put the right stuff in it. Same thing about you, my friends, and me, you and me. 
Paul learned about contentment in Philippians chapter 4, where he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. The, the church at Philippi had taken this offering to support Paul in his missionary endeavors. I mean, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. And not that I'm talking about being in need, for I've learned that whatever situation I am to be content, whatever situation I am to be content, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger. Abundance and need. You know what the secret is? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hmm. And the third purpose of fasting is to enable us to focus all of our attention on one thing. Obeying God, Jesus fasted in the garden before he went to the cross. Obeying God, not my will, but your will be done. Intense spiritual activity. That's what we're talking about. Intense spiritual activity. Or maybe seeking God's guidance. We don't know what to do. We have this opportunity and this opportunity. God, which one would you have us to pursue? Or perhaps the third to stay right where you are. Fasting. Seeking God's guidance. In Acts chapter 14, that's what they, they did in trying to figure out... Uh, you know which direction they ought to go? They sought the guidance of God. They instituted some fasting and prayer. Maybe for intensity in prayer. Or as a sign of mourning. Perhaps to show humility towards God. Fasting. Moving it to the next level, my friends. And even in Luke 2.37, to show worship to God. Fasting and worshiping, my friends, fasting, the purpose, the purpose, fasting. So how do you do it? Lunch to lunch. Eat lunch today? You don't eat till tomorrow lunch. Oh, that's not so bad. These are baby steps, Okay. We have some things coming up at Family Bible Church that we're going to need people to fast and pray. If I asked you right now to fast, could you do it? How experienced in it are you? We need to raise it up a bit, friends. So sometime this week, I want to encourage you, those who are medically safe to do this, to fast and pray. And what I would like you to pray about while you were fasting is that God would raise the maturity level of Family Bible Church. I know we're all in different places, but just like the tide, it raises everything. One day this week, 
I would like to challenge you to do just that. Eat lunch, no dinner, no breakfast, have lunch. If it is medically safe for you to do so. And I'd also like you to keep a journal, which is not three pages of an hour of writing, okay? Simply notes about what you're learning in this, what you're feeling, what your experience, how you are battling this. Oh, this sounds really good right now. Those little flash memories of what you had the other day and how good it tasted. Mmm. Mmm, so good. How about your ability to focus? Can you remember that verse we were supposed to memorize from Sunday? Let's work on that. How about can you hear from God? Is the Spirit of God leading you in some way? Pointing out something in your life? Intense spiritual activity, my friends. The focus is not you in this, it is God. And, and this, don't miss this, don't tell anyone. Okay, tell your spouse. Why aren't you eating? <laughs> Honey, make your plan. Starting after lunch, I'm not going to eat till lunch tomorrow. That sounds fairly easy, right? Maybe you've done that for a doctor's appointment. But let's do it for a particular purpose. Bathe it in prayer. One thing. God would raise the spiritual maturity of Family Bible Church. We would all grow intense spiritual activity relation-wise with him. Could you do that? Would you do that? And if so, why not? Does it seem silly to you? I know the world would think it's silly. Muslims do that, right? Ramadan, you know? Sun's up, no eating. Sun's down, let's chow down. Yeah, big celebration in part of the world that way. It's not what this is about. It's not a contest, friends. Which is the worst thing because then you could tell everyone about it. You can learn some things about yourself in doing it. Maybe learn some things about God. Maybe take some time to read Scripture. Maybe take some time to write that list of those things you ought to be praying about and get at it. When I was on vacation... We took this, uh, the D.C. metro train into the city, and, uh, and I was looking at these maps, you know? I mean, you know, we, we got this into Chicago. You probably read or wrote it. You know, they got different lines going to different places, stops in between. And I thought that would be such a great pattern for prayer. We're going to talk about the priorities of God on this line, stops along the way. My family, these people, what am I praying about for this person? What kind of growth or struggle are they facing? Well, that sounds like a lot of work for just something like prayer. Yeah, think of it. 
Make the list. Priorities of God, the church, family, Bible, church. How about those people that don't know Christ? And when you're praying for the lost, by the way, my friends, before you begin to pray for them, make sure that you're willing to be an answer to your prayer. God, send somebody. Maybe you. Intense spiritual activity. Here's a secret. That's normal Christianity. That's healthy Christianity. That is the bar by which we measure our maturity. So, some to go here. Start slow. Sermon in a sentence is disregarding the spiritual discipline of fasting forfeits a, mean of, a means of growing into the image of Christ. To say this discipline doesn't fit my personality forfeits a great opportunity for us to grow. Disregarding the spiritual discipline of fasting forfeits a means of growing into the image of Christ. So start slow, launch to launch. <coughs> Number two, be silent about it. You'll find that to be a, a battle. We like people to know. Remember this, that's your victory. That's your reward. Somebody might go, great job. Shoot higher, friends. Thirdly, be purposeful about it. The reason I am fasting is you don't fast just to fast. Purposeful fasting. And fourthly, pray through your fast. Pray. Seek God. Seek understanding of who you are, what God is doing in your life, the opportunities you're missing because you are blinded by so much. John Piper wrote this about fasting. Do you have a hunger for God? I mean, you know, just that whole appetite for, I can't wait to get out of this car. I want to look up this scripture. I want to read this some more. I want some understanding. I got questions. I just want to pray. I just want to get rid of just me and God. A real hunger for him. That's what he's talking about. If you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because we have nibbled so long at the table of this world. Our soul is stuffed with small things. And there is no room for the great things. If we are so full of what the world offers, then... Perhaps a fast might express or even increase our soul's appetite for God. Somewhere between dangers, the dangers of self-denial and self-indulgence, is the path of pleasant pain called fasting. Fasting. You've never considered it before, but I hope you're considering it now. Don't blow off a great opportunity to grow.